Ladies and gentlemen, it is Friday, and this is the Right Guys Podcast, where we say, make sure you never put your cocaine with your guns. And now your host, Josh Haberlin and Max McGuire. Welcome back to another edition of the Right Guys Podcast. My name is Max McGuire, Mr. Producer Josh, with some advice to live by. Yeah. Don't keep your cocaine where you store your drugs. I feel like that can go up with no sex in the champagne room as yeah. some of uh, the most iconic <laughs> advice. Right, well, advice let's, let's that we can give. Not doing cocaine at all. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let's start yeah. there. Like it's a, start it's, there. it's it's illegal. You know what I mean? I've never done cocaine. Um, no. I, I I was too worried it would kill me. I, yeah. The illegal bit aside from it, I wouldn't want to be the one who gets the heart attack. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like I'm the never, family's I'm at your funeral, like, so how did he die? You know, he OD'd on cocaine. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. a no for yeah. me, right? Yeah. Um, but Hunter Biden apparently he's he's into that. Um, he's into that. He's into spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on strippers and oh prostitutes. Um, he spent more money on coke than I think I've earned. Yeah, you know and, what I mean. And the funny, the really funny thing is when you look at his child support hearings, he claimed he had no money. Like anyone else, anyone else, like if you say I don't have any money for child support and they find evidence that like you weren't paying child support and you were just spending that much on crack and hookers. Right. Um, right they right. throw the book at you. Right. And it's cash too. Yeah. Right. Like he's always got cash and it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Untraceable, untrackable, untraceable, viable cash, you know? It's... Yeah. Hey, um, are there flavors of crack? I was just thinking about that reporter the other day and I was like, you know, is it like coming cherry flavor or, you know, a Parmesan I'm, I'm cheese. Sure, uh, he he's a he knows what it, it tastes like to snort Parmesan cheese and what it smells like. Um, I don't know. That's something that maybe mm-hmm. someone should ask him. Mm-hmm. I mean, all my knowledge on it comes from like Breaking Bad, like yeah, television levels show. Sure. And, and uh and Aaron Paul's character putting a little bit of chili pepper in it. Like, you know what I mean? Like th- that, that's my exposure right. to the idea of flavored hard drugs, but I'm sure that if anyone could, could talk about it, it would be Hunter Biden. Um, Maybe. we're going to go through today. Some, yeah. some court filings from the government. Now we're no, we're no bootlickers. We generally, we support the second amendment. I mean, not generally, we support the second amendment. And, um, I don't know about you, Josh, but the arguments that I've heard made that past gun, a past drug addiction, or even past criminal convictions shouldn't be uh, used against you and disqualify you for life. That's extremely persuasive to me, right? If someone gets caught um, using or even dealing marijuana decades ago, and then they turn their life around, they should not have to give up their right to self-defense. It's a very persuasive argument. And we're seeing different court, different courts come down on an issue the same way saying, Hey, listen, if so, if someone has a, a past drug, conviction you can't just say that because you used drugs years ago you can't ever defend yourself again sure that's persuasive where i think that argument becomes a lot harder to make is in cases of simultaneous possession people who didn't just like don't want to get a gun after they're sober and years ago they use drugs no people who want to have a gun while they are crackheads while they are meth heads right and because that comes into the same realm as saying hey maybe maybe the alcoholic 
shouldn't be waving around the gun if he's truly, truly that consumed by it. We have laws in this country mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. and you and I have both filled out Form 4473. That's how you know someone's done it, right? right. Like, you can always tell that gun control advocates haven't actually bought a gun because they don't know what 4473 is. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know over and over again all, all the questions you have to answer. Um, 4473. And you have to, you yeah. have to swear under penalty of prosecution that you are not an, an addict addicted mm-hmm. to an unlawful controlled substance. Mm-hmm. Hunter Biden bought a gun when he was addicted to a controlled substance. The original complaint, and we'll read through some of this in a second. Yeah, I'm going to need some proof on this, though. Yeah. Facts. I'm going to need original, to see some proof on this. The original complaint was based on the fact that he wrote a memoir where he admitted openly to buying a gun at a time when he was an addict, right? He confessed it. He confessed it in his memoir and he confessed it going on uh, different shows, talk shows. His defense, the only defense he had was that, yeah, it was generally when I was using, but at the moment I bought the gun and at every moment I possessed the gun, I wasn't a user. Because technically it doesn't matter that he used crack a day before he bought the gun. If he's not addicted to crack when he buys the gun and mm-hmm. when he possesses the gun, you could make the argument that he didn't perjure himself. Correct. Right? Even if he writes in his book, I was addicted to crack all of 2018 or whatever year it was, 2017. Unless you can prove beyond a reasonable doubt that he was addicted to crack the moment he bought the gun and the, every moment he kept the gun, it's hard to prove. Right? Difficult yeah, to prove. Yeah. Yeah. It was very. Hunter Biden has apparently uh he shot himself in the foot because that defensive <laughs> argument that i wasn't using drugs when i had the gun is it just evaporated because as we've seen in the government's filing he literally stored his cocaine in the same bag that his gun was in that sounds bad to me. Like that sounds like a thing that you you generally don't pack together, right? Yes. Ever. But yes. apparently he did, but we're gonna need some proof though. So this is how you prove simultaneous possession. And I'll read this for everyone listening to the audio edition. In 2023, F and this is from the government's filing. Hunter Biden filed in court that the charges against him should be dismissed because of malicious prosecution saying that they've invented this and they're only going after him because he, he's a political target and they were pressured to do it. Wow. This is what the FBI, wow. or their response. Hmm. Quote, in 2023, FBI investigators pulled sealed, sealed evidence from the state police vault to take photographs of the defendant's firearms. After opening the evidence, FBI investigators in, observed a white powdery substance on the defendant's brown leather pouch that had held the defendant's firearm in October 2018. Based on their training experience, investigators believed that this substance was likely cocaine and that this evidence would corroborate the messages that investigators had obtained, which showed the defendant buying and using drugs in October 2018. An FBI chemist subsequently analyzed the residue and determined it was cocaine. To be clear, investigators literally found drugs on the pouch where the defendant had kept his gun 
Like they made sure to put that sentence in there. Yes. Like it was literally found. Yes. All together. There is no middle ground on this yes. one, Your Honor. This is how it went, right? Yes. And like it makes me wonder, like, did he have so much cocaine? It's just all over the place. Like this pouch, he's just going in and out. I mean, imagine how much cocaine he could have been carrying at a time. Because yes. that's gotta be a ton, Max. I mean, that's it's just all over the place. Was it yeah. all over the seeds and either one big amount or lots of little amounts? Yeah. Um, yeah. So his argument had been had been it doesn't matter that you found text message from me buying crack right. it doesn't matter in the same month that i bought it doesn't matter right. you can't prove that i was an unlawful user at the moment i filled out the background check and every moment i kept the gun and that goes away when in the state police evidence lockup in the little baggie yeah not yeah. like just hanging around in an evidence bag sealed evidence bag with with the chain of custody established yeah, the providence is clean yes they found cocaine on the bag proving beyond a reasonable doubt that hunter biden simultaneously possessed cocaine and a firearm which is a crime that's a crime beyond just the mm -hmm. lying on the background check form right but that proves that it was a, a lie he told on the background check form mm -hmm. because he bought crack before he bought the gun and then he obviously was using cocaine after that because it was on the gun pouch the man was traveling around with a gun and cocaine in a pouch <laughs> i mean it's it seems to be damning evidence that that no. such a thing has occurred right which makes me think the day that remember he pitched the uh the pistol in the uh Mm -hmm. the garbage can mm -hmm. you know like what else might have had the residue on it right because we remember that day it came up you know that he's texting back and forth with his uh dead brother's ex-wife saying that there there there's so much wrong now you've destroyed me right i mean yeah did they did they know it that day too and then isn't it beautiful that the the, the fbi covers that up from 2018 to 19 to 20 the 22 uh, 21 22 into 23 right that's a long time to sit on how like enough evidence that any prosecutor with the set would would go after him right regardless if it's the president's son yeah yeah you know what i mean and vice president's son cannonball 67 says wasn't the gun recovered from a trash can it was the gun was recovered yes. from a trash can but what the fbi is saying is that they recovered the gun but they also then took the bag it was in the ammo, the speed loader, which wasn't, doesn't sound like that was what was thrown out. Just the gun was thrown out. Yeah. Um, but that's a, that's a great question. Miss um, Bruce Josh, I'm going to send you a link and I okay. want you to read this next part. Um, the part, uh, <laughs> they have the evidence. They completely have the evidence. And uh, I'll, I'll, do you see it? Starting at the prior, prior to October 12th. Um, yeah, yeah, start there. I'll, I'll put it on yeah, the screen yeah. right now. Yeah, you bet. Yeah. Prior to October 12th, 2018, <clears throat> the date of the gun purchase, <laughs> the defendant took photos of crack cocaine and drug paraphernalia on his phone. Like, I shouldn't laugh saying that, but you just threw it at me. It, it's ironclad. It. <laughs> this, case, this case is ironclad. It's ironclad. There's you can't wiggle out of this case. Keep going. Keep oh my going. god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, prior to his gun purchase, the defendant routinely <laughs> sent messages about purchasing drugs. Mm. Routinely, like this. It didn't happen like every Tuesday at seven. He's out. And here <laughs> and we he go. It, right? October 13th. Wow. 
Go ahead, go ahead and read it. Okay, on October 13th, 2018, and October 14th, 2018, the day after and two days after he purchased the firearm, the defendant messaged his girlfriend about meeting a drug dealer and smoking crack. For example, on October 13th, 2018, the defendant messaged her and stated, I'm now off MDAV behind oh, Blue Rocks Standing Stadium for a dealer named Mookie. Mookie. <laughs> the next day, the defendant messaged her and stated, I was sleeping on a car smoking crack on 4th Street and Rodney. Like he he texted those things. Yeah. Like he texted that. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I never sent a text like that of you. No, no. Oh my gosh. And that and then here I'll read the next bit. This yeah. is what we've covered on on the podcast before. On October twenty third, twenty eighteen, the day his then girlfriend, which we have to also say, his then girlfriend was his sister in law, was the Hello. widow of his <laughs> deceased so brother. So just, just so we're clear, the widow of his deceased brother, right. his dead brother's wife. I, I'm I'm sh I'm surprised they didn't add that, but whatever. Um, the defendant messaged his girlfriend and asked, "Did you take that from me, girlfriend?" Later that evening, after his interactions with law enforcement, he messaged her about the effing FBI and asked her, "So what's my fault here, girlfriend? That you speak of owning a gun that's in a locked car hidden on another property? You say I invade your privacy." What more can I do than come back to you and try again? And you do this? Who in their right mind would trust you to help me get sober? In response, the girlfriend stated, I'm sorry, I just want you safe. That was not safe. And it was open, unlocked, and windows down, and the kids Ew. searched your car. You have lost your mind, Hunter. I'm sorry I handled it poorly today, but you are in huge denial about yourself and about that reality that I just want you safe. You run away like a child and blame me for your shit. After the firearm Ooh. was taken from him and recovered by police, the defendant continued to send messages to various people about his drug use, use of <laughs> drugs, including telling his girlfriend that he is, quote, an addict, addict. on November 8th, 2018, <laughs> and on November 21st, 2018, telling person one, I, I'm a effing better man than any man you know, whether I'm smoking crack or not. <laughs> he also continued to send messages about purchasing drugs. He sent a message to his girlfriend on November 29, 2018, stating in relevant part, I don't blame my addiction on you, in all caps. Well, thank and another, you. <laughs> and another message to person two on December 18th, acknowledging he's an addict. Who's person two? It's it's ironclad. It, this is, this yeah. is ironclad. Like, because... His text messages are him saying, you said you're going to help me get sober. He's telling people, I'm an addict. I'm an addict. He buys the drugs before, before buying the gun, buys the gun. The next day or two, he said he was asleep in a car smoking crack. We know that he kept the gun in the car. Because he's out buying crack. What yes. do you think he needs his gun for? Yes. He's got to protect himself from the crazy crackheads. That's the life of Hunter Biden. <laughs> Who is banging his dead wife's, dead brother's wife. I mean, like that. There, there's so much here to unpack. It's just, it's crazy. It's delicious. Here's, here's the other message that just got cut off from the last page. I'll effing get sober when I want to get effing sober. <laughs> During November and December 2018, the defendant took multiple photographs of videos and, and videos of apparent cocaine, crack cocaine, and drug paraphernalia. So they have him 
take yeah. those pictures and videos before he bought the gun. They have him using during gun ownership, and they have him taking pictures and videos dated after he he lost the gun, proving he was an addict the whole time because his own confession, the day the girlfriend slash widowed sister-in-law yeah, you're being uh, nice stole you're the gun, nice he said, you were going to help me get sober, insinuating he wasn't sober yet. Quick question. Where did they get the photographs and videos from? Was it just on his phone? What, 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 where did that come from? Like, was it just sitting somewhere in state's evidence? Did they just have this stuff? I mean, it makes you wonder where they got all the evidence from, right? There I'm just is saying. part of this filing, and I'll, I'll see if I can find it. It's buried. They have a one or two sentence admission that they went and basically did an electronic search warrant, seized the contents of his phone and his Apple Drive, whatever it's called, oh. and that those contents pretty much matched up to what was on the laptop. This is a confession that the laptop was real. These weren't invented text messages, invented emails. They said that pretty much the two were the same. Maybe there wow. were a couple documents that were on one and not the other. Yeah, yeah. But they admitted that the Hunter Biden laptop was real because the contents that have been publicized and given to them matched up with what they seized during a search warrant from his active um, Apple Drive. Holy damning evidence, Max. I mean, this isn't, this is the easiest prosecution you could get. I mean, you would put this in front of a jury. I bet you they deliberate for minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Minutes. Yes. It would be like an in and out. Like, yep. We're pretty sure he was putting, you know, crack cocaine in his leather pouch for his gun. I yes. like I'm really worried. It's like like, like this weird looking leather pouch he always carried around on his shoulder and it's got, you know, his favorites in there, crack cocaine, a crack pipe, a gun, a speed loader. Yeah. I mean, how do you accessorize something like well, that? Well, if he did that and he didn't have a license to carry, and he wasn't uh -huh. in a state that had constitutional carry, hmm. then that becomes an extra charge. I think everyone should have the right to carry um, yeah. if yeah. you are lawfully allowed to own a firearm. That's what constitutional carry means. It doesn't mean that everyone can carry. Constitutional carry means that if you can legally own a gun, you can legally carry a gun. Well, he could not legally own a gun. So even in the most permissive states, he could not legally carry a gun. Wow. Wow. You know, I've not got no proof of that, but that's usually what happens when you're running around buying crack. I mean, he said he was buying crack. And, and just so we're to remove any doubt, here's the signature from his 4473 background check form on October 12th, with just reminding everyone that it was the 13th and the 14th that he was smoking crack in his car on 4th Street in Maryland Ave. So the very next day, bought the gun, the very next day, smoking crack. Okay, my client simply bought that gun, and he's not my client. But if I was pretending to be his lawyer, he bought that gun because he had to protect himself, Max. It's not his fault. Well, he had to. He was yeah. he was around crackheads. He had no other choice because he is an important person. People know who he is. They might have kidnap him. You're talking about the, the president's son, former vice mm -hmm. president's son. He's special. And you he, he had to have that. So I say we dismiss this whole thing right now, right here. We can prove need. It doesn't matter. You yeah. deal with the crackhead. 
You deal well, with it. They um they mentioned that in their filing. You're kidding, because I was like really making that one up. No, they they <laughs> mentioned that. Sorry, someone's at my door. It's all good. They're probably watching, and I don't blame them. Tell them to to, to start listening. Oh my goodness. Um, hopefully my wife gets that. Um, so here we go. After the defendant's then girlfriend discovered and uh discarded his gun and wow. after he became aware that local authorities had seized his gun speed loader and ammunition and after the defendant announced his awareness of a federal investigation of him in 2020 the defendant chose to author and sell a book in 2021 in which he made countless incriminating statements about his years-long drug abuse drug usage including during the time period he purchased and possessed the gun he recounted his interaction with a drug dealer who pointed a gun at him during the drug deal before he decided to buy his own gun so this is another crime that they haven't charged him with because it is one thing to lie on your 4473 form it is another thing to be in unlawful simultaneous possession of drugs and a gun at the same time it is another thing to buy a gun explicitly for the purpose of furthering a felony and that is the crime that prosecutors tend to go after yeah. drug dealers and drug users for. So I, I talk about this in my book, um, Conservative's Guide to Winning Every Gun Control Argument. Um, boop, boop. Um, the irony is that many federal gun control statutes have been ruled inadmissible for felons and criminals oh. because they involve registration and it is unlawful to punish a criminal for not registering his gun because doing so would be self-incriminating you have the right you have a constitutional right not to be forced to incriminate yourself so like the, the the federal statute saying it's a crime to possess an unlicensed machine gun for example only a law-abiding citizen can be prosecuted with that crime because to prosecute a felon with possessing an unlicensed unregistered machine gun would be a violation of that felon's right not to self-incriminate themselves because the expectation that they register it would itself be self-incriminating. Josh is well, looking up, trying to follow, you follow the line? I, I, no, I'm following. I'm thinking that everybody who's committed a felony, therefore, to possess a firearm, yes. well, never, never they, they registered in any way they and couldn't be charged. be charged, right? They can't be charged with the same crime you or I can be charged with, right? Because the argument, and this, this is what the courts have said, you can't punish someone for not registering a gun if the act of registering it would incriminate them because they're already a felon. Only law-abiding citizens can be prosecuted for not possess for not registering a gun. So the the workaround, the workaround that they've developed is possession of like a machine gun, a short barrel rifle, short barrel yeah, shotgun, yeah. a firearm, possession of a firearm in furtherance of a felony. So you can't charge the drug dealer with unlawful possession of the gun, of the unregistered gun, but you yeah. can charge him for this other crime, which is possessing the gun in furtherance of a felony. Holy sh... Wow. So wow. what Hunter Biden has admitted is not just simultaneous possession, but that what it was his felonious lifestyle that prompted him to <laughs> buy the gun to protect himself as he was committing felonies really? which then logically explains why the day or two after he bought the gun 
he was in a parking lot waiting for his dealer. I mean, it makes sense why he would be in the car smoking crack, meeting the dealer with the gun, because he bought the gun to protect himself from the dealer. Uh, Cannonball says, what's the penalty for lying on a 4473? I believe that the penalty is the same as any other example of like perjury or lying under oath. It's about five years, maximum five years. Um, now, you, he can be charged with multiple counts of this because he lied at different stages. Um, but I believe, I believe it's generally five years. That's, that's the, that tends to be the charge, the maximum cap for lying under oath, perjuring yourself, mm -hmm. lying under penalty of perjury. Um, so they should charge him with felon in possession of a firearm in furtherance of a felony because on his own admission, he bought the gun to further his felonious actions. You understand? Yeah, but it feels like such an empty argument for a person who would be an absolutist for the uh, the Bill of Rights, right? Like it says, you are constitutionally protected to carry the firearm, but we could never charge an actual felon for that. We could charge somebody who's not a felon for it, so we can go after the good guys, not the bad guys, quote unquote, right? If you were to with that specific statute, writer, yes, yeah, it's which bullshit. is wild on its face, yes. right? I mean, it's why unbelievable, and and that's like. I believe that the registration requirements, the NFA needs to go into the ash bin of history. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. These registration yeah. requirements, state level registration requirements, they need to go. Right. But uh, it's very hard to get behind the argument that, and you're not making it, but some absolutists yeah. make it to get behind the argument that everyone has a right to own a firearm, even the people who are owning it for the express purpose of furthering a felony. Mm -hmm. Right. So like, it, it, you have the right to buy a gun, possess a gun, right? Great. It's reasonable to have a crime to punish people who buy a gun for the express purpose of murdering someone. And sure. they write in their diary, dear diary, I bought this gun to murder someone, which is what Hunter did, not murder. But he wrote in his book, I was really scared when I went to a drug dealer and he pointed a gun at me. So I went and bought a gun. You know what's really like, my head's going over is that the case of Hunter Biden v the United States, right? Whatever they, whatever it may be could help the furtherance of gun rights for gun owners down the road. And I think you've, you've touched, actually, I remember you touching on that in private conversation before how this could actually be, and you might have even stated on the show, this could, this could help yeah. something that they're totally diametrically opposed to. Yeah. But man, at the end of the day, dude is rolling with cocaine in a gun. Yeah. And listen, you, you can be an absolutist for the Second Amendment and also say that there is a legitimate reason for society to not want crackheads to have guns. And the example here, kind of legitimizing the logic behind the law, whether the law is ultimately upheld as constitutional or not, you can understand the logic of someone being high on crack, posing yeah. a danger to themselves or others if they are simultaneously in possession of a firearm. We, we, we can toss out the permanent disqualification for past drug use. By all means, toss that out, right? Yeah. But it's a different argument to say that society doesn't have a legitimate interest in stopping active drug addicts, high people, from possessing a gun at the same time and like the case goes even further right they keep going through it 
just to further illustrate that Hunter wasn't sober, at the end of November in that year, he checked himself into an 11-day uh, rehab. Wow. <clears throat> and after that rehab, he texted people that he's an addict and that he will get sober when I want to get effing sober. That's when that came. That came after rehab. So like wow. it, it didn't stick. Wow. Right. right? The argument yeah. that like I'm really trying through this whole time I was really trying to get sober, his own admissions was that that didn't happen. And listen, addiction is is a really bad disease. Yeah. It is. Absolutely. I I believe that unless you are committing acts of violence or a real danger to society, it's far better to get people the medical help they need to treat their addiction than it is just to lock them away. Because yeah. as we've seen through the evidence, putting someone in prison doesn't even mean they're not going to keep getting the drugs. You know what I yeah. mean? Like you, yeah. you can go into prison. It may even be easier. Yeah. You can go into prison, a drug addict and come out of prison, a drug addict. You're not even guaranteed to be re rehabilitated in that way. But th the story behind why, the ex, the the girlfriend, widow, sister-in-law. The story behind why she decided to to grab the gun, take it away, and put it in a trash can mm -hmm. was that she was worried that he was leaving it in an unlocked car, where mm -hmm. she says the kids frequently root around looking for stuff. Windows down, unlocked. Windows down, unlocked. About as unsafe as you can get there. It's about as unsafe. And so the logical argument that society would present is that this is precisely why it's a bad idea for crackheads to have guns. Because when you're high on crack and you're incapacitated and you might be asleep in your car, I mean, this is the president's son huh, getting right? high on crack and just sleeping in his car behind a stadium on the road while he's asleep. He's in possession of a gun in the car. That gun can be stolen or leaving that gun out unlocked where children are known to frequent. God forbid one of those kids gets the gun, plays cops and robbers or something and shoots someone, shoots himself. Very likely his nieces and nephews because the, that would be the closest kids of contact, right? It's always family first because you're the, they're the ones you're closest to, you know, and there seems to be a pattern from him of of inadvertently putting his nieces and nephews at risk for something, right? It has been a, it, it feels almost like another addiction or, you know, like there's awful fetishes, but he's, he's just got a history of it, Max. We see it over and over again. And this is just another example of it. This is another example of him having just, just no regard would be my guess for life or, Maybe he's just so into himself, he'll get sober when he's effing ready. Yeah. So it, wow. Listen, th there are there are old laws from early Americana regulating drunkards having guns. There are old laws regulating people who are addicted to drugs owning guns. Yeah. Right? There is a history in this country now you can argue whether it's strong enough or not or whether these restrictions came early enough or not but there's a logical reason behind it and there is a very old history of people understanding that it's a bad idea for people to have guns if they are mentally incapacitated mm -hmm. through drug use
and Hunter Biden, if Hunter Biden was going to go after this, like if he was going to, go, if, if you wanted a defendant to go after this restriction, you'd want someone to present them who would present themselves as like a functional drug addict, right? As someone who has a high paying, high stress job. They, they are a pillar of their community, volunteer their time at the homeless shelter, right? And amongst, amongst all of this, yeah, they happen to do a little bit of crack, right? But they're high functioning and that the crack doesn't impact their life. That's that's the kind of defendant a Second, a second Amendment absolutist would want if okay. they were to go after this simultaneous possession um, mm -hmm. prohibition. Hunter Biden does not present that defendant. He is not that defendant. Yeah. He was not a high functioning drug addict. He you is know, a drug well, addict who was so desperate for his next fix that he picked through carpet fibers and snorted Parmesan cheese looking for anything that even closely resembled crack. He is the kind of drug addict that was found wandering aimlessly through a homeless encampment looking for his next score. He's the kind of drug addict that, yes, left an unlocked gun in an unlocked car with the windows down when he knew that children went into the car and would rummage around. And yes, he is the kind of drug addict who quite literally bought a gun for the express purpose of furthering his own drug addiction so he could defend himself while purchasing drugs. I, I, I get it. Like, well, he wants you're, to you're defend wrong. himself while purchasing drugs. You're completely wrong. But he was, it, what, it, it wasn't he was afraid that the drug addicts were the drug dealers were going to come to his home while he's sleeping and kill him. Yeah. He was afraid someone might hurt him while he was in the process of committing a felony. You're completely wrong, Max. First off, right. he is very high functioning. He he sat on the board of Burisma just two years prior. He has the ability. Let's just spit up my drink. I'm telling you, he's high functioning. I, I need a beer I, for this. <laughs> he, he sat on that board. He has worked extensively yeah. throughout Europe. He has sold art. Oh, yeah. He, he mm -hmm. turned his time into being a productive artist. And not only was he productive, he made a significant amount of money on those. those a lot of money. So he was. So so your argument is 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 flaccid at best. Oh. You know what I mean? Because he did. He did. He did. I mean, could you imagine sitting on a board of Burisma for significant Dollars you know and you never had an experience. Yeah, you know how hard it is to sit on a board of an energy company when you know nothing about energy. That must have been really it's hard. It must require a lot of brain it. power for him to drive that company into the black. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you know, drive another one into destruction. But yeah, yeah, Max. It sounds like he was. It's a he's a complete like disaster at the time that he was making these transactions, right? And you know they're going to try to spin this one. I feel like he's probably like a cannonball said it in the comments earlier. I bet he gets off. I bet he does. You know, maybe. I, I, <clears throat> it's just there's no gray area in this. You know what I mean? There's a lot of cases where you're looking at gray area. There's there's evidence getting thrown out. You're talking about stuff that had true provenance that has um. They, they've written about it. They've talked about it. It's been sitting in in lock boxes. It's been suppressed. You know, so how could it not be as cut and dry? You know, how, how could nobody want to prosecute this? Who would not have brought it forward for prosecution when they knew they had it? And that is what the special counsel is arguing in court, that that for Hunter Biden to argue that this is selective, malicious prosecution, Hunter Biden must identify a multitude of cases 
of people who had similar conduct, but were not prosecuted. Now, what Hunter Biden could find, probably, are white-collar people who were addicted to drugs and were actively trying to get sober, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And maybe they had legitimate fears that someone was going to help them. They, they bought a gun to protect their family, right? That's not what this case is. As they've laid out by going through all the texts and emails that a week ago, the left still said weren't real. Going through these emails and texts shows oh, yeah. that he wasn't sober. He was actively addicted to drugs. He was bragging about how he's addicted to drugs, taking pictures, posing next to the drugs, confessing that he was doing drugs, telling everyone who wanted to help him get sober, I'll get effing sober when I want to get effing sober. Right? Storing the Coke in the gun case. It, it This is as cut and dry. And when courts want to challenge really strong precedents or really long-standing prohibitions, they look for the case that gives them the best chance to do it without a ton of backlash. Oh, and as Cannonball just said, the allegations that he was leaving drugs around the White House, completely forgot about that. Yeah. When courts want to address an issue, right? They look for a sympathetic case or a case that was mishandled or a case where they can say, yeah, he should own guns, but maybe not this. The problem with Hunter Biden's case is how does the court say that Hunter Biden didn't do anything wrong? And then like, how can any state's law regulating how you store firearms around children that if they let Hunter Biden get off the hook? They are signaling it's okay to leave unlocked, loaded guns around children. Wow. And then you start looking at all those cases, challenging Mm -hmm. them, anyone who was Mm -hmm. ever prosecuted for that. Mm -hmm. That potentially goes away, right? Wow. Then you start saying, well, if, if, if everything you did was legal, how can you have a statute that says it's unlawful to have a gun in furtherance of a, of a felony? then you lose the ability to prosecute the drug dealers with machine guns. I mean, it opens a big can of worms. And and the the fear of that can of worms being opened isn't enough to justify an unconstitutional law stand on the books. Absolutely, I agree with that, right? But this isn't going to be the case that they choose to do it. If they choose to do it, it will not be Hunter Biden because it will have catastrophic consequences that will snowball. Faster than they can, than they can, they can fix it. You bet. Go ahead. I've talked a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Here. I was just going to say all of this happened because the sweetheart deal. Remember that he was only going to plead guilty to all kinds of things that didn't rise to the level of the felony. Right. He was going to come out. Okay. On the other side, have all his gun rights. Wasn't going to be a problem. Sweetheart deal. The sweetheart deal is based on there not being any evidence that the FBI produced because the judge, quote, didn't know, right? Yeah. Laptop. So the laptop stuff comes out. They they reconfigure the charges. He now pleads innocent to those charges, right? So how could the system have gotten to a point where they were, they were about to sign the paperwork on a sweetheart deal, yeah. right? 
how corrupted did it all have yeah. to be for them for the FBI to suppress that information to the point where it, yeah. the big guy wouldn't have to pardon him, right? Yeah. And he could have just walked away from from anybody else who was out there doing this would be facing harsh felonies, right? They would be throwing so many at you that they will bankrupt you and hoping you plead to something that you come out with no rights on, right? You never vote again. You never buy the gun. You can never, you never get off of paper as they call it, right? That's, that only happens because journalists who are telling the truth prove or get the idea or get copies of and see this, the, the, the laptop stuff which apparently the FBI knew was real and spent a tremendous amount of time telling social media not to put these stories out. That is Russian disinformation that a whole bunch of people got behind that stuff. Those names were like yeah. Clapper, you know, former CIA director. Right. Yeah. So does that tell you that he, that, that this web might go out so far beyond the FBI now, right. To local law enforcement, national law enforcement, who knows how deep this kind of, conspiracy could go right yeah because that's yeah. real conspiracy not the stuff that we were being alleged was right and we saw from one of the filings the hunter biden's team is not willing to let go of the diversion agreement that they had agreed to they had actually filed a motion to dismiss the current charges by claiming that the diversion agreement was was finalized even though we know the judge tossed it out so here the government has actually had to say I'll just read the, the first paragraph. The United States respectfully opposes defendant Robert Hunter Biden's motion wow. to dismiss the indictment based on immunity conferred by the withdrawn proposed diversion agreement. Because U.S. probation did not approve the diversion agreement and its approval was an express condi condition precedent to the formation of the agreement, the agreement and its immunity provision never went into effect. Because the agreement never went into effect, the government was free to withdraw it, which it did in writing on August 9, 2023. Therefore, the defendant's motion to dismiss the indictment returned by the grand jury is meritless and should be denied. Whoa. They Whoa. wrote, look at all the pages they wrote Yeah. to explain this. <laughs> they even went so far as to say this. Here's the diversion agreement, and no one signed it. <laughs> she didn't sign it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this is, man, do you think anybody else could pull this off, like Joe Blow off the street, you know? No, no. Because you'd have to be in a special place societally to, to be able to pull one of these off, right? You, you got to have connections or I just don't know. I, who would do you these sort of favors, right? How does it stinks, Max? Like the swamp's still real, right? It's never gone away. And we, we still get to see the evidence of it. It's just, it's just getting stinkier and it's getting bigger and then comes out. Um, he's also this. he's also challenging the constitutionality of the entire thing altogether. Um, it's trying to say that every drug addict should be allowed to have guns. Um, how every drug addict should be allowed to simultaneously possess guns. Uh -huh. um, GH asks, yeah. if the number of pages is, is illustrative of the strength of an argument, would you not agree that Trump is in serious trouble? Um, no, it's not the strength of the argument. It's just that they wrote this many pages to prove that it was never even in effect, right? To go into this, to this one issue where Hunter Biden's saying it was in effect and they have all of this evidence proving that it wasn't in effect. Um, that's what I'm pointing out to. 
that this isn't just a one or two page response that they're going after they have 22 pages with with whole pages taken up by screenshots of agreements um showing that they weren't sized that's what i'm saying it's not the sheer volume of it it's just almost kind of comical the hunter biden has a very simple argument simple motion and they just have all this evidence that it wasn't true um so thank you for that thank you for that yeah yeah so um, it, it, it's kind of it's really crazy isn't it i mean you got a special kind is. of guy getting special kind of treatment by people in high places plus the baggie at the white house we didn't even touch on that like i mean yeah. that would be like serious um like icing on a cake for that and what if the information got suppressed there too they, they've shown they do it before they've done it once they'll do it again right and then the evidence was destroyed there was no dna on the baggie whatsoever i mean they, they were sure it was cocaine it wasn't like chemical weapons yeah it's, it's all fishy man and he he's shown like a, a a you know like a real hubris when he showed up to the uh the hearing that was about him he showed up with his lawyers rolled in there with his boys and then rolled out if he's going to show that kind of hubris there why wouldn't he show up to the white house with a bag of coke right yeah why wouldn't he brag to his friends that he was doing drugs in the white house i mean willie nelson used to brag that he spoke to join on top of the white house i mean what he would want to be in that kind of company, right? Because he's a special yeah. dude. It's interesting reading this because when you read this response to how to the claim that it's unconstitutional, you're seeing a lot of the same arguments that have been put forward by gun control advocates in other states, pointing to the historical precedent that should justify this. Now, some of these precedents are abominable, like the UK, Britain said that Catholics can't own guns. Therefore, it's constitutional for us to say dangerous people can't own guns. Well, when that argument is based on a fundamentally discriminatory rule, you can't apply it. Like when, when you when you they point to laws that say slaves can't own guns, black people can't own guns and say, well, they said that because they thought black people were dangerous. Therefore, they have the right to disarm anyone they think are dangerous. It's really rough and and hard to justify that. Like like California constantly has to defend its uh, carry bans and brush away the fact that the first open carry ban ever implemented in California was in response to African-Americans open carrying. And it was inherently racist for them to want to stop open carry because they wanted to disarm black protesters. Um, they point to old England, which is, is going to be hard to do. Because if the United States fought a war of independence to rid itself of English common law and, and English the English crown, it is hard to explain why the United States should be bound by the very laws that they fought a revolutionary war to get away from. Um, but but they, they point to, I mean, they go all the way back to 1328. <laughs> Imagine that that's a lot of time and effort, yeah. Yeah, it it, it and, a lot of time and effort. And it, it's some of this will probably stand, some of this won't. So, like um, some of them are real stretches, man. Like the it, it's it's there, but there's really I didn't see anything that had anything really, really modern, right? Or even super old about consumption. No, but like they point to here laws from 1783 um 
1794, 1674, 1788. These are laws that are around the revolutionary period before, during, just after where states like Massachusetts, New Hampshire were passing laws disarming people who had committed offenses related to firearm safety. So when you look at that about firearm safety, you could argue that there is a historical precedent for disarming drug users because the act of being addicted to drugs and a constant user of drugs makes it unlikely they will strictly adhere to the the firearm safety requirements or that they will store a firearm in a, an unsafe manner, which is something that we saw Hunter Biden do, right? So on this argument, this is probably one of the stronger arguments that I've seen because the idea that there's old laws supporting carry bans doesn't exist. The fact that there's old laws supporting assault weapon bans, you won't find them, right? But you will find statutes here and there at the times where they need to be from restricting gun possession to people who have proven that they can't be trusted with using them safely. Mm-hmm. Now you have to do something that justifies that. It can't just be, oh, well, we think all black people are going to handle guns unsafely. Therefore, no black people can own guns. You can't do that. That's inherently discriminatory, right? But if you have ample evidence that crackheads far and wide that you look at the entire body of crackheads that they engage in behavior the type of behavior that makes it extremely unlikely that they will safely handle firearms that's a different matter i like the case you've laid out my big question now becomes is it is is this going to be the case they're willing to hang all of this stuff on all of the, the the potential cases that it could affect down the road, right? Because when a, somebody this high profile and this special ends up having to make these kind of arguments to prove that they would not be guilty of those crimes, there would be a wave of people who would be looking at their convictions over significantly, right? There could be mass yeah. people let out of prisons. There could be people who have rights restored significant number right Mm -hmm. so is this going to be the case that they want to hang their hat on for that like are they going to be brave enough to do it no 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 are you sure because you're talking about i don't think so i i think that there will be a push to pardon hunter biden not just because he's blood but because the risk of him being acquitted would completely undermine the democrats gun control agenda you pardon him the case never sees the light of day okay that's where you start saying okay well obviously he wants to pardon him because he's flesh and blood i i I would get that but there's also another motivation behind it and it's the same reason that we've seen uh jurisdictions like washington dc when they lose at the appellate level they've deliberately not appealed to the supreme court because they want to deny the supreme court a chance to impose gun rights on all the other jurisdictions that have similar gun control laws. You saw that happen in New York. New York deliberately on, on a couple yeah. of cases didn't appeal. DC yeah. didn't appeal. Chicago chose not to appeal one case. There wow. is a history of liberals wanting cases just to go away, accepting defeat 
to avoid a nationwide precedent-setting Supreme Court case. The other thing that can happen is federal district court, guilty. Appeals court refuses to touch it. Supreme Court refuses to touch it. That doesn't say that all of the crimes are necessarily constitutional. It just means that they've declined to hear the appeal. Right? You can still get pardoned by You can still get pardoned by Biden. Right. Well, what if the play... Go ahead. I was going to say, what if he's a sacrificial lamb? Is the play to make sure that he he pleads? Is he going to, like, he if he pleads, to. this all goes away, right? He was ready to. So at what point does the, the, the machine behind everything sacrifice this one, right? Because you, you'd have to. Because the outcomes, are, I mean, there's three big disasters that, that we've pointed out if, if it continues, right? So... This all goes away by him saying guilty. He gets a pardon, full rights and stated. History moves on. Yeah. And then it would be, you know, again, now it'd be a new argument if Biden gets out and we find that he was doing a lot of this underhanded dealing. It also go to the case of can the president be charged? Did he know anything about it at this time? Was he was he compliant or uh, did he work with him? Right? Did it, did he make it happen? Was the president involved? We'll never know because he'd have to be impeached now to find out. And after you yeah. get out, it's like, can a president be charged for what he did while he was president, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And we're facing that all over. Like, there's so many, like, really historical calls that are going to come out of this, right? Yeah. And this and, is the family that's behind it. And I want to be clear. If Hunter Biden was to win this case, it would probably, and it was to go to the Supreme Court level, and they was, and they were just stamp it, yeah. It would probably overturn a lot of unconstitutional gun gun control laws. Probably yeah. would, because yeah. when one falls, a lot of them would fall. But there's a risk. There, there's there's a risk, and I'm not saying that it wouldn't be. It shouldn't be ruled unconstitutional in the end. But whether or not overnight it should just be ruled unconstitutional, there there's there's a lot of consequences to this. Like we've covered in Philadelphia, the the rampant drug use in the streets. Where people will sit, yeah. stand there, and yeah, they are right, so man. high, they mm-hmm. are just paralyzed, right? Hunter Biden wins this case at the Supreme Court level, and the felon in possession, simultaneous possession laws go away. What that says is not only does this person have a right to possess a gun at that moment, mm-hmm. but society has no authority to regulate him possessing a gun while he is so stoned. He's asleep standing in the street. Max, if you've ever worked with the homeless or people who are are addicted, they almost always have some weapon on them, right? It will not be hard to start finding cases where a person had to have the weapon for their protection, even though they were in an environment where they would have, they would be consuming drugs, right? You're right. Everything would be overturned for the, it, it, that's all it would be. It would change. It would be a landscape changing decision. Like, decision yeah i mean it would would change the fabric of what we understand it It and do we want that i mean do we want people standing there as zombies but i guess they're also already holding weapons i mean most of them almost always have weapons somebody's always trying to take something from you happens with drug addicts all the time yeah it it does and wow and and this is where maybe it ends up being that the second amendment is so absolute that you can't 
reasonably restrict a crackhead from possessing a gun while they're high. Maybe, maybe that ends up being true, right? Do we go there right away or do we attack the lower hanging fruit and build up to that? Like, even if that's where we're eventually going to go, right? Is that the priority policy-wise? Now, organizations like Firearm Policy Center, they would probably say, yes, they've, they've volunteered, offered to defend Hunter Biden um, publicly, unapologetically. Their goal is to strike down all of these gun control laws. And they've done a really good job at striking down the gun control laws that are most discriminatory, most uh, prohibitive for law-abiding citizens, right? It is an uncomfortable proposition to say that, okay, Supreme Court just reaffirmed you have the right, law-abiding people have the right to carry a gun in public. Congratulations. Next order of business is to give the crackheads guns. That is a less popular second act, right? Even if we get there eventually, maybe we get yeah. there eventually. And and I'm sure there are really good arguments for why crackheads deserve the right to defend themselves. So listen, they're humans. They're persons. Second Amendment doesn't say the right of the people except for the crackheads. Yeah. Max, imagine what the commercials look like during uh, election times where you could have something that comes for the memes that says the democratic party giving crackheads gun rights, right? Yeah. The messaging here is also something the party doesn't want because they know everything is a commercial waiting to happen. Yeah. Just waiting to happen. So there's not even that support for it. There's not, you know what I mean? GH just asked, why are we talking about the hundred buying case? Um, we're going through, law we're going through firearm policy second amendment policy talking about the actual arguments talking about the historical precedent um we are conservatives we support the second amendment we've talked about a number of gun rights cases and it is interesting how they intersect with this case and how hunter biden the president's son the democrat president's son a democrat who ran uh, proudly on on the mantle of disarming the crackheads and throwing mm. the crackheads in prison, yeah, how he is potentially the poster child for Second Amendment legal advocacy. And so we're talking about the consequences of that as a society and also the consequences for the pro-gun movement. Um, so that's what we're talking about. This isn't an issue of, oh, let's get him because he's the president's son. There are really significant questions of why was he given that sweetheart deal? Mm chances are he was given that sweetheart deal because he was the president's son. And then you got the, then you talk about, well, why didn't other people get a sweetheart deal? Why are there? Yeah. Go ahead. Why was the information suppressed? Why was it held back so long through an election while his dad is running for president on top of it? Like there's so much stink associated with it. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, and you'll, and you'll like remember, yeah. you'll remember when they started investigating this case, they said he was only being investigated. The media, the left, the Democrats said he was only being investigated because it was Trump trying to go after Russia's Hunter Biden. Yeah. And now what we're seeing is we're seeing special prosecutors from the Biden administration arguing in court that no, this isn't being pursued because he's the president's son and, and there's some weird retribution aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
no, this is being pursued because anyone else who did this would be prosecuted. And what you're hearing is actually the opposite. Not that he's being prosecuted because he's the president's son, but he was almost not prosecuted because he was the president's son. Mm. Um, last question we're going to get to, and then we're, yeah. we're going to probably wrap up. Is Hunter Biden presenting himself as an advocate? Yes, his legal team is. His legal team is arguing in court. We just covered this. Um, I appreciate the question, um, but we literally just covered this. Uh, I'll, I'll find it right here. Uh, where was it? We literally just covered this, uh, that he is arguing in court that this is a violation of his Second Amendment rights. Yes. I'll, I'll go to the top right the here. the self-incrimination part, right? Well, no, just that it's it's a violation of the Second Amendment. So they've oh. literally oh. submitted a motion to dismiss the charges against him, saying that they violate his Second Amendment rights. You can read this. Here is the <laughs> document ID number. You can read it. We're not going to reread it. But yes, he is presenting himself. His legal team is presenting themselves as pursuing a pro-gun argument. They even kind of backhandedly threatened to pursue a pro-gun argument unless the charges were dropped. Um, so yes, they are presenting themselves this way. Um, now I get it. You seem to be a Hunter Biden supporter. You seem to be a Joe Biden supporter based on some of the questions you're asking. seems like you're definitely anti-Trump. Um, I can understand why this would be incredibly embarrassing. Um, but the issue isn't that he has done anything extraordinary that thousands of other crackheads haven't done. No, the issue is that he was almost given a sweetheart deal in spite of all of this evidence expressly because he's the president's son. And for all of the talk, uh, all the criticism against Trump that he was going to pardon himself, he was going to pardon his family, he was going to help his family get off the hook for all these charges, it is beyond ironic that the only example we've seen since then of the DOJ trying to let someone off the hook has been the president's own son for a crime that anyone else committing it would already be in prison. Well, that's it for this podcast. Any Any final words, Josh? Well, um, this thing goes deeper than everybody realizes and it's going to start coming out slowly and it's going to erode a lot of confidence in our government and we're up against some elections. So remember that in November, right? People will vote the truth, I think, in this one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and listen, there's going to be organizations that want to use this to topple gun control laws. They're going to do that. That's fine. If I am the judge, if I am the appellate judges, if I'm the Supreme Court justices, you don't touch this with a 10-foot pole. You want nothing yeah. to do with this case. If there's yeah. going to be a case that narrowly uh, overturns specific gun laws, that's one thing. If they make this the case, yeah, it, it, it could get really interesting. A gun for every crackhead. <laughs> It'd be very interesting. It'd be very interesting. It'll be RoboCop. Remember RoboCop? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Well, that's it for this edition of the podcast. If you like the podcast, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Link in the description. We also have an audio podcast, so listen to that if you like. We try and make this as audio-friendly as we can, so uh, check that out. Help us prove the numbers for advertisers. That's it for this edition of the podcast. My name is Max McGuire. I'm Josh Hammerly. Remember, everyone, the fight to take back the country is not over yet, but the only way we win is if we stand up and fight together. See you guys next week. See ya.